Folks, the Winnipeg Jets are about to face off against the Buffalo Sabres, and this is the first time that the Jets are going to experience Tage Thompson. Now, Thompson represents one of the most interesting stories in the NHL this year. We'll explore that story, why it might be a very fun one for a lot of reasons, and what the Jets might be expecting against the Sabres team that scores a lot but also concedes a lot. All coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Evening, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Now, like I said at the top of this episode, uh, the focus for tonight is going to be mostly on Winnipeg's upcoming game against the Buffalo Sabres. This is going to be a strange one for the Jets because. Uh, Buffalo is kind of an odd team this year, right? They have one of the highest scoring offenses, but they also have given a lot of it back. And, you know, you you recall Eric Comrie going over there, signing a nice little contract. Wasn't like a massive deal, but certainly um, for a backup for the Jets, it was more than they wanted to pay. So they opted for Big Save Dave. And after a nice early start for Comrie, it hasn't exactly gone according to plan for him. Uh, Craig Anderson has honestly been pl- playing better. Uh, Uka Pekalukanen, I think, has also had a couple of looks off and on. But generally speaking, you know, Comrie and, and Anderson have split the uh, the goal mouth this year. And Anderson has far and away been the much better performer. It's unfortunate for Comrie. I was kind of hoping that maybe this run with the Sabres would last. Maybe he'd finally found his form a bit. Uh, especially after what was a pretty solid run with the Jets last year. But, you know, it seems like he's crashed a little bit back to earth. Some of it maybe on on Buffalo's defending. Some of it probably due to uh, Comrie's numbers, maybe sort of regressing more towards where you'd actually expect his career average to kind of sit. But all the same, you know, hoping that he uh, eventually kind of picks it back up and finds a longer term starting role. We all love Eric. You know, he was a really nice guy. It seems like he was... Not exactly a fan favorite, but somebody that was very easy to root for, and it'd be nice if he could find at least some kind of a starting role somewhere. Now, as far as the rest of the Sabres are concerned, right, this team, it's uh, it's it's quite explosive. I'm going to be honest. I think this is probably an even harder test than the Red Wings, and it's interesting because Buffalo, in a lot of ways, is is very flawed. Defensively, they they struggle to contain opponents. You know, they often leave a lot to their goaltenders to try and bail them out. Hasn't always worked this season, but Anderson's done a good enough job. And quite honestly, the biggest story remains Tage Thompson. Uh, Thompson's emergence is very unusual because 
couple of years ago, you know, Tage, even up until last season, looked more like, you know, maybe a one shot wonder, one hit wonder kind of thing. You know, previous years, he was like one of the worst fourth liners. Last season, he had a, a pretty big goal scoring season, but you couldn't really tell if it's the sort of thing that was simply PDO and a hot shooting percentage or a sign of bigger things to come. The Sabres evidently felt that it was a much bigger deal than anyone was making because, you know, Tage immediately got a massive contract extension, which we were all kind of asking, you know, a few questions about, but now it looks like a bargain. Tage has uh, 57 points this season in 39 games. He has been an absolute monster, outperforming most centers of his caliber. And I think what makes him particularly interesting is he's like, what, like 6'8 or something? skaters his size don't often really grow into uh elite players especially on the attacking side of things uh, you know you look at his career traje- trajectory and, and where he struggled mobility wasn't always the issue but it was kind of like decision making knowing how to use his massive frame and wingspan and uh you know certainly goal scoring was never one of his predominant traits most people probably imagined him to be something of a versatile middle six center maybe a guy who could be like a more defensively oriented player because of his size but that wasn't really what Tage has kind of uh, molded himself into now he is a phenomenal creator he's got that stick handling and the balance to uh, really cut around almost any attacker and maintain possession his puck control is extraordinary his stick handling is phenomenal and he just seems to know how to undress defenders, especially in one-on-one matchups. He's been one of the most dynamic attackers this season. And I think when you look at the majority of skaters his size, uh, he's like 6'6 six, six or 6'7. Six, um, how many of them have become elite scorers? Almost none. I mean, the way that Tage is playing and his, his career arc, I would say, is something that we're probably never going to see again. The closest comparison I can think of to how unique Thompson is is probably Bufflin. I think Buff, in a lot of ways, will never be replicated as a defender. Uh, I, I think we can say the same thing about Thompson's rise. It's extraordinarily uncommon. In fact, it almost never happens whatsoever that a player that kind of has Tage's build and the start to his career that he had morphs into something like this. So a fascinating story, uh, a very interesting one, I think, for folks to kind of do a retrospective on, you know, what did the Sabres see that others didn't? Why did the Blues not see it? And what, you know, are are the long-term impacts of what Tage has accomplished? Are other skaters 6'5 plus suddenly going to be a hot commodity, especially as centers? Or is Thompson probably, you know, more of a flash in the pan kind of thing? A one-off that only he can really do these sorts of improvements and play this certain style of game. So, A very fun story, but of course, Buffalo is more than just one player or two players. We're going to take a look at the rest of the roster and see how it's doing, because despite Tage's uh, dominance and resurgence this year, he is not the only one lighting the lamp a lot. We'll check into those players in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all of these. and trends for everything from amateur to professional ball, whether you're interested in college ball 
or pro football as we head into the playoffs. They've also got plenty of basketball. And if you're looking for post-World Cup hangover cures, they've also got tons of great returns to domestic league football in many of the major European countries and other markets. So be sure to check them out. They've also got wonderful sports podcasts and news articles if you want to plug into your favorite sport in another method. But of course, they're all, you know, they're always the easiest way to bet online. So be sure to register right now for a free account uh, on your laptop or mobile device. Like I said, it is at betonline.net. Because bet online is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets. We are just uh, talking about Winnipeg versus Buffalo, upcoming very big game. Not one that I think I would really count as like a must win for the Jets, but certainly I think they would like to uh, avenge their loss to the Detroit Red Wings with a nice win against a team that has actually climbed up the standings a pretty fair bit. I'm not going to say that the Sabres are necessarily a great team because I think there's still a lot that they're working on. Uh, I, I think that this is a team that has the potential in a couple of seasons to be really dangerous. But right now, I think that they're really fun and really flawed. And I think that's where, you know, the the consensus has kind of fallen. And you see it in their middling results. They're fourth in the Atlantic Division. They're actually ahead of the Florida Panthers, so that's pretty funny. Uh, but in, in general, I do think you look at this team and you are are keeping in the back of your mind that there's a good chance they make into the into the first round or even somehow the second round. They're probably going to struggle with goaltending and defensive depth and end up, you know, falling just short of advancing further, especially in the Eastern Conference, man. I mean, that is a monster division. Even if they make it to the conference finals, you know, you might have like a, uh, a Pittsburgh or a Carolina or even a Washington waiting for them. Not a fun time if you're the Sabres. In terms of other players outside of Thompson who have done really well this year, uh, Rasmus Dahlin has been uh, continuing his resurgent play. This year he has 46 points in 38 games, which is monstrous. Honestly, in other years that might be in the front running for, say, the Norris Trophy, but Morrissey, Carlson, a lot of these guys continue to dominate. And so as impressive as Dahlin's season is, you know, he's still a little bit behind some of his his peers in that respect, but what a monster year from him. He's finally looking more and more like the number one defender he was drafted to, to be, and I don't think anyone could really be upset with his performance. Back uh, further on the goal scoring and points list, you've got uh, Alex Tuck and Jeff Skinner right around where Darlene is pacing this year. Uh, Skinner, of course, will always be remembered for signing a massive contract extension and then, you know, ending up not really doing much for the Sabres for a couple of years. Past season or so, I feel like he's really turned his game around. And since Granado has come along, uh, Skinner is back to doing what Skinner does best, which is being an incredibly dangerous creator, scoring tons of goals, and just being a general menace. I mean, I, I used to love watching Jeff Skinner work. I thought that for many years he was very underappreciated. Uh, you know, his figure skating background kind of played into how he got around on the ice and dodged opponent checks. So a very fun player to watch, one that I think um, maybe got a little bit too much hate. But, you know, by the same token for what he signed for, it was not far off from like, what was it, like nine and a half million or something. Uh, it was a pretty crazy contract, even if it was like eight to eight and a half million, still a ton for what he's been producing. So yeah, for what he's being paid, you kind of expect the numbers that he's had, 41 points in 36 games, but still pretty darn good. The guy that I think I'm most uh, 
enamored with in this team that's not Tage is is Tuck, right? In terms of the forwards, not not so much, you know, we're not going to overlook Darlene here. But for me, Tuck, I've always been a big fan of. I felt like at the time when he got dropped by the Wild that, you know, maybe Minnesota hadn't really felt that he was going to be much and, and maybe they saw him as more of like a bottom six player. And then he comes to Vegas and immediately shows off that he is, you know, the, the closest thing to like a, a fusion of Blake Wheeler and something else that we've seen in a forward like him. He's got those powerful drives down towards the slot. He's got great stick handling and vision. His passing is good. Uh, his shooting is a menace. Tuck just seems to the te- to check off like all of the classical boxes of what you want from like a big power scoring forward. But, you know, with the Sabres, he's really found himself a good spot. He's, you know, top three in scoring for the team. And it seems like he's not really slowing down anytime soon. 45 points in 39 games, almost a 50-50 split in point scoring this year. Yeah, I mean, he's just having a fun time. And I'm sure he and guys like Dylan Cousins and or Cousins and uh, Casey Middlestad are all really enjoying life. It's interesting once you kind of get past Cousins, though, because all of a sudden you go from like 30 to 40 point scores down to like 20 to 25 points. And then it really trickles off from there. I think for Buffalo, you know, the one thing that they're not going to be thrilled with long term is that the shooting percentage for all of their players is on the high side. Uh, we've seen this kind of previously with the Jets where Winnipeg was maybe living a little bit beyond its means, you know, shooting the lights out on the power play or at even strength, but conceding a lot of opportunities. And I think that's probably where Buffalo is right now. The Sabres can continue to hammer opponents, but the Jets are going to have to be really careful. I think for one thing, you just need Hellebuck to have a strong game. Uh, you know, the the tips and deflections, there were some that he couldn't really do anything about uh, against the Red Wings, but there were a few other shots or saves that maybe you would expect him to either uh, palm away or even stop and, and kind of close down on the puck. But it just didn't really seem like he was comfortable at all. So really hope that he has a major bounce back game. This is a very big one in terms of getting a sense of how the Jets rank against maybe like more mid-tier competition from the East. Uh, Obviously, the game against the Wings, I'm just going to throw that one in the trash fire. Sabres, I'm expecting a really close game, but I think the Jets win this one something like 5-4 to or 4-3. to Drop your score predictions below in the comments section or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. Now, before we close out tonight, I did want to talk about one topic that I think is very interesting. Scott Billick from the Winnipeg Sun had a, uh, a, a you know a bit of a conversation with Kevin Sheveldayoff, was grabbing some quotes from him, and Chevy has given some indications as to maybe what he's thinking about for the next few months as the Jets near the trade deadline. Before we dive into what Chevy uh, is, is indicating and what we're sort of seeing with his tipped hands, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Built.com. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. Built Bars are the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar with a 100% real chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. They've got tons of great flavors like churro, peanut butter, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And of course, you're, you're probably wondering, well... Those all sound delicious, but are they any good for you? And as it turns out, most Bilt Bars clock in at around 130 to 150 calories, maybe 4 to 6 grams of net carbs, and anywhere from 15 to 17 grams of protein. This is a phenomenal product. I think Bilt Bars taste great. I've had a couple of them over the years, or actually more than a couple if we're being honest. I've had a lot. Um... 
But, you know, what's really convenient is that now you can get them at Walmart. Uh, you can also find a, a couple of other places like Sam's Club. You can get a four pack or a 13 bar box, whichever you want to give a shot to. Uh, it lets you sample a couple of different flavors and decide on what built bar is perfect for you. Once you're ready to place an order online, just head over to built.com right now because built bars got some of the best stuff out there. And if you're like me and you're looking for a great protein bar that doesn't taste like crap, built is for you. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked on Jets. We are just uh, closing up real quick with some final thoughts from uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff giving a few comments in a press conference to a number of reporters. Scott Billick from the Winnipeg Sun had some choice ones that he pulled out. And what I think we're seeing uh, that's interesting with Chevy is he's kind of indicating he is thinking about trades. Uh, not so much that that part alone is is surprising. I think Chevy does consider trades a lot more than people realize. It's just the problem is he never really does trades, right? So whether you think about it or you actually do it, those are two separate things uh, most days with him. So it sounds like from his commentary, he's mostly waiting for the cap accrual. Uh, that cap space is really valuable for uh, banking and, and eventually converting it into bigger contracts and maybe some bigger fish at the deadline. It sounds like Winnipeg um, is, is going to take it a little bit more patiently because they want to see where the lineup is at full strength. In my mind, I think we already know what this team is and where they're at. And that's like top three in the Central and like a top five berth in the West. I really don't think it's going to be that much of a stretch for them to at least feel like right now they're on a really good track to make the postseason. So if I were Chevy, I would look for a player who can slide in now, help Winnipeg cement its top three statuses in the Central, and also find somebody who can alleviate some of the pressure on some of the more injured players. Uh, it's clear that not every jet skater that's come back is 100%, and I think it would be nice to add like another either top nine or like, uh, you know, maybe even a top six forward of some sort. I, I don't want to ask for like something crazy, but it would be cool. I, I think the Jets have a lot of opportunities, and with so many teams looking to sell with the cap hits uh, and, and the, the, the cap ceiling not exactly aligning in the best way that I think a lot of GMs were hoping for. Um, Winnipeg has a good chance to maybe sneak in a deal here and there, find a player that's being cut and give them a shot to really prove themselves for the Jets and maybe even profit off of it. So lots of interesting stuff. Uh, he did also mention Shibakrov and Dashinsky uh, from the KHL. It sounds like Chevy wants to get them overseas as quickly as possible. I am definitely down for that. We know that uh, Chibrikov and Urshevsky have both been very good scorers overseas. I think that they will have very natural transitions to the North American pro circuit. It may take them a little bit of time to get acclimated to North American ice, but I don't think it's going to be that bad. And they've already been playing pro hockey for a decent amount of time in Russia. So in terms of the difficulty of competition that they're facing, it's not an easy league. And I think that does bode well for uh, what they might do if they first start off with a, with the Moose or Jets and then kind of work their way from there. So uh, really excited to see where this team starts to push itself over the next few months. Uh, of course, Winnipeg has a back-to-back -to, -back to close out this week, and Buffalo and Pittsburgh are not exactly the most uh, you know softest competition that you could possibly ask for. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a dogfight. But if you want to be the best, occasionally you have to beat the best, not every time, but sometimes it really helps. And uh, this is a good chance for the Jets to show once again that they are real contenders and that, you know, a loss here and there 
doesn't really knock their confidence. I think this team knows how to rally. They've done it before. And I expect them to have at least a a result in one of these two games, even if they don't collect all four points. But let me know what you're thinking over this weekend split. Drop your comments uh, below, of course, like I said, in the YouTube comments section or at my social medias at at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. I also highly recommend that you make your second listen, Locked On NHL Prospects. It gives you all of the latest prospects and NHL draft rankings heading all the way up to the draft, plus uh, team comparisons to give you a sense of your favorite team's prospect pool. But, of course, be sure to make that your second listen. And as always, thanks so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen. Have a great night, and uh, I hope that uh, Winnipeg comes out with a couple of uh, victories for us once you are done listening.